You're listening to the Eat Sleep Blog Repeat Podcast, brought to you by the North Carolina Blogger Network. Find us online at ncbloggernetwork.com. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blogging 411. My name is Nicole Murphy with momcomplicated.com, and it's Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, which means that for 30 minutes, we talk about blogging. And we are down a girl tonight. Allison Carter is off at a very important meeting that could not be rescheduled. And But we are glad to have Randy with us tonight because he ran into some issues last week that he might explain to us, um, but I'm going to go ahead and let Randy introduce himself, and then Mark, if you don't want, uh, mind introducing yourself, and then we'll get to our topics for tonight. All right. Thank you, Nicole. Uh, I'm Randy Brown. I've been a uh, webmaster and blogger since about 2006. I own uh, several websites and uh, run several. Uh, I also own iHelpers.net, where we help you get online uh, quickly and inexpensively. Hi, and I'm Mark Trafagan. I'm Senior Director of Online Marketing for Stone Temple Consulting out of Boston, although I live in the Raleigh-Durham area of North Carolina, practically a stone's throw from Nicole um, over there. And, uh, yeah, I've just uh, been a longtime friend online of Randy and online in person with Nicole. Very glad to be together tonight and looking forward to, uh, we'll see, you know, maybe a little agreement, maybe a little controversy. We'll see what happens here tonight. I would I, I don't want to call you gentlemen old, but I know that you guys do get a little curmungy when it comes to your opinions no, on we don't. these blogging myths. Um, so Randy, why don't you take it away since you are the most grumpiest about some of these things? All right. Yeah. <laughs> so this is blogging myths too. Now some of these myths we've talked about before. Uh, I'm gonna bring them up again intentionally so that we can get Mark's opinion. Um, in case I have to tell him that he's wrong. So uh, let's get started. We've got a list of several of them here. So the first myth is actually a two-for-one because it's two myths in one, and that is that nobody makes money online or the little guys can't make money online. And then the flip side is, is that it's very easy to get rich online and make money online. I've heard both of these myths. So Mark, why don't you tell me what you think of those that dual myth, both sides, and then I'll, I'll give you my opinion. Sure. Well, I think in the context that we're talking about here, we're talking about bloggers in particular, so we're not talking about Amazon and people like that. Obviously, there are um, people, major corporations, making money online. Nobody disputes that. But I guess the context here would be uh, the regular blogger, the, the independent website owner, you know, are they making money? And to be honest, Brandy, you know, that's an area in which I will definitely defer to you because you know it firsthand. You work with the, with people like that. Um, you can give the, the personal testimony about that. On this one, I'm just going to say I have no reason to doubt that. Um, you know, absolutely it, it should be possible to make money online. Now, on the other, uh, you want me to comment on both sides? Yeah, uh, yeah. Once here? Okay, on the other side, is it easy to get rich online? It's not any easier to get rich online than it is to get rich in offline. Uh, you know, this, the same kind of uh, common sense applies here. Uh, that it's not, you know, the get rich quick, quick schemes don't work in real life. They don't work online either. But there are ways to be productive. There are ways I totally believe to make uh, to make money online. And once again, as I said, I'm going to defer back to, to Randy on this one because he's really the expert 
and the first person with first-hand experience in this area. Right. Well, I, I think we pretty much agree. Uh, you know, I started out as a little guy that didn't know anything, and I was able to uh, make money, significant gobs of money, pretty relatively quickly, online. Uh, so it, it's it's not true that nobody makes money online. Um, although I will say that it's it's very difficult. It takes work, and it, I think if you look at the uh, percentages or, or statistics of bloggers. Um, probably a small percentage of them end up ever being real successful online. Like Mark said, it's it, it's just as hard to do online as it is in real life. Uh, and the flip side, uh, is it easy or that it's easy to get rich online? I'd say no. It's just like Mark said. Um, it, it, it's no more easy. Probably even harder or as hard as getting rich in the real world. So I think we agree there. Yeah, okay, I do so want to jump in. Sorry, guys. As a, a new blogger. Um, I was going to say, kind of what Mark was saying is that I think that what that myth that nobody makes money online or the little guys don't make money online is also from people that give up too quickly. I think they go in there, they they try it for six or eight months, they say it's too hard, and then they quit and they say nobody can make money online. When, you know, if you think about that, if you compare your blogging career with, you know, a corporate career, you don't walk in and then eight months into, you know, your your base position, they're like, oh, well, great job. We're, you know, we're going to bring you up to VP, and here's your six-figure salary. You know, whoa, that was a long, hard road. Right, see, because um, they, they bought into the myth that it was easy to get rich online, which, yeah. which is, is not was, true. Uh, you know, my friend Rand Fishkin often likes to show on his shows a, a chart of his, his wife started uh, several years ago uh, a travel blog, and she just kept at it, and he shows the, he shows the traffic chart of it, and for about almost two years, it's just very low and level, you know, Couple, couple hundred, you know, in the tens visits, not much happening, and all of a sudden, like almost two years in, she got a few bumps, and then it just starts to take off and just grows like like crazy, and then the next slide puts an arrow in right before her, she took off, and he said, right there is where 90% of the people who started a blog with full intentions of of building something great have already quit. It was you know just like a month or two before. She took off. Yep. You stick that, and I, yeah, that and I would also just say uh, on this topic, and we've said it before in other episodes, so I'll say it really quickly, but don't sell yourself short. If you're only getting four or 5,000 views a month and you've made a significant voice for yourself, if you go out there and pound the pavement, you can make money and you can make enough that might count to you as a significant amount. So don't think that you need to be as big as these people that you're looking at. You have something special, and especially if you're based on, you know, a local, you know, a local area or something, you can totally go out there and make your own opportunities. So we'll move on to the next one. Okay. So speaking of making money, advertisements and ads. So this myth is uh, that ads on your website will make it rank lower, or will will make it appear to Google as a low quality website and you will then rank lower and, and not do well. So Mark, will uh, is that true or is that a myth that ads on your site will make you rank lower or make you count it as a low quality website? I will say it can be true, but it's probably not true for again most of the people that we're talking to tonight, most of the people in the audience. What people have heard about that is from the, the Google Panda algorithm update, which uh, does a number of things, but it's Google's attempt to go after what they would consider to be low-quality sites, saying these sites shouldn't shouldn't rank as well. One of the criteria, and Google stated this, is um, as a possible 
metric that could measure in is too many ads above the fold, meaning that if somebody does, a, uh, does an intentional search on Google and they come to a landing page, they want to see the content. They want to see the answer to what they were searching for, or the content that relates to what they were searching for. If what they see is mostly ads, it's really hard to find the content, or you've got to start scrolling to find the content, they consider that a bad user experience. Now, in reality, most sites that are smaller um, are not going to get penalized for that. Uh, usually that's applied to much bigger, much high traffic sites. If you start growing, you start getting bigger traffic, you got to think about that. But the more important consideration is not things like, you know, do I have, can I have four ads, can I have five ads? It's more like overall user experience. And that's important for your site, your blog, regardless of whether Google does anything about it or not. Ask yourself, if I landed on this page after making a, a search result and, and clicking on it, or however I got to the page, would, would this page immediately speak to me about what I wanted to see? That's, you know, that's an important thing, I think, uh, regardless of whether you're thinking about search rankings. What I, do you think, Randy? I, I agree. And, of course, to confuse people more is that you <laughs> have the, uh, the AdSense people. If you use uh, AdSense as your advertising network, which is a great advertising network, it's a mm -hmm. great advertising network, Google, um, they're sending you <laughs> emails. And, and they're telling you in your dashboard, put more ads on. Hey, put more ads, more ads, more ads. So it's sort of a uh, you know, left-hand, right-hand uh, thing with Google. But I think you're right. Overall, it, it's, uh, there, there's a line somewhere. And, and I think that line is a lot higher that, than most people think, where once you cross that line, then maybe there's an issue. But I, I, I think that takes a lot more than, like you yeah. said, Mark, just four or five ads. I think, yeah, the, the bigger issue, again, is the user experience. Just think about, right. you know, if, if honestly, you know, objectively, if I went to the site and if I'm seeing just ads, ads, ads everywhere, is that going to give me the wrong impression? Is that going to make me want to go away and go somewhere else? If that's what's happening to people who visit your site, then having more ads is not going to make you more money. That's a good point. Okay. All right. Next myth is uh, you have to post on your blog every day to be successful, and by successful, uh, getting a lot of readers or making a lot of money. So, Mark, do you have to post on your blog every day to have a successful blog? I sure hope not, because we don't post on our blog every day. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think so. That that's that strikes me as one of those things. You know, those things we call conventional wisdom. Uh, these things that kind of come into our world and people repeat them so often they think that it's true. Uh, you know, I don't think that's true. Um, it, it, it depends on your audience, again, too, and what you, know, what you want to accomplish, what you want to do. In some worlds, like you know, I think of uh, friends of mine who are very involved in blogs that keep up with the, the latest news in an area, the latest innovations. Um, people might want to see that. They want to see you know, what's the freshest, what's the newest, are you up to date, you know, what's happening today. But in most cases, uh, my advice would be to concentrate more on on creating great quality, great value out of every post that you make, than worrying about you know, how frequent they are. Uh, the only other thing I would say about that is, um, it you know certainly could be a danger. I think of being too infrequent, too scarce, or having too long times go by without any content, and you start to you start to lose audience. You start to lose people that you might have uh, started to build. What, what do you think, Randy? I think you're pretty close on. Uh, I, I I always sub no you're right. I I subscribe to the uh, more content is better. Um, you know the the more the better. 
um, but I think consistency is just as important. Yeah. So, and and more to me might mean one or two times a week, uh, not necessarily every single day. And for some websites, like you said, depending on your audience and what the the what the blog or the website is about, maybe a couple of times a month is fine. Mm -hmm. So um, I think we're in a, in agreement there. So you do not necessarily have to post every day to be successful. Yeah. So that that would be. And it. and certainly, I just want to say very quickly on that one. You know, one place I've heard a myth like that is that Google or search engines will will like you more if you post once a day. While there is a certain factor of freshness for certain kinds of content and certain kinds of queries, it's not an overall truism. It's not universal. It's not automatic. Just because you post more frequently the next guy does not mean you'll rank better. Okay. All right. Next myth. Or is it a myth? If you have a slow blog, it will rank poorly in Google. And if that blog is fast, it will rank highly in Google. So <laughs> does a fast loading with we would say fast mean fast loading web page loading uh, does that make you rank higher in Google mark myth where this fact? is becoming critical is in is in mobile um, Google has made hints now again these are issues that become more important as you become bigger I think as you become you know as you start driving more traffic become more important but we're going toward a mobile world uh, last month you know Matt cuts of Google said they expect before 2014 is over, that the majority of searches on Google will be done on mobile devices. And he said very explicitly at uh, SMX Advanced that, yes, that on, on, in the mobile world, they are looking at this, and that if your site loads more slowly, um, that may cause Google to devalue it, at least for mobile search. That's not, not universal. Because especially on mobile, on the small devices, People expect to see things very quickly, and they will, you know, they will go away if it's if it doesn't doesn't load fast. So I would say I would grade this as partially true, but uh, but again, not a universal truth. Okay. Well, I have a question um, mainly as an audience member at this part point watching you guys. How do you test your mobile speed, the mobile speed of your website? Because I I know that. I'm familiar with like Pingdom for your desktop, but how do you test your mobile? Is it the same? Uh, well, I uh, I believe Pingdom has an option to test to test it as a different uh, web browser agent. Uh, there's also another great site called WebPageTest.org that I'm I'm also pretty sure also allows you to select what what uh, user agent, so what type of browser you're, you're okay. uh, browsing right. from and then it, it views it differently and grades it differently. Yeah, so absolutely. I guess so for that um, faster is better but I would say that fast does not necessarily mean you will rank at the top or above your competition. No, so not necessarily. And all these those kinds of things where, where people I think with search ranking things get mixed up is like they'll think like they'll get too obsessed with any one factor. And because yeah, it's just one of many, one of hundreds of factors yeah, right. or more we don't even know right so you know it's it's like if if all of the things were equal and that was the only thing they were looking at yeah that might that might be true but it's it, but it's not the only thing and at the end of the day you know google is weighing in a lot of things and you could still be providing more value but have a slightly slower, slower site and they're going to rank you higher but um, again this comes back to like our previous answer for me I emphasize this more again for user experience. As more and more of your users are going mobile, especially, um, you want to provide the best user experience for people. So if you have a really slow, sluggish site, 
you you know no matter whether your search rankings are still high you're going to lose people because it's amazing how quickly people will leave a site these days especially on mobile uh, if it doesn't load right away yeah. the, the biggest money-making change the the biggest single thing that I ever did change the amount of um, traffic which translated into generating income that I ever did was going from a slow shared host to a fast dedicated server single totally, most totally biggest thing yeah. Um, I don't think it, it didn't directly affect the rankings, but the number of people that were coming and got sick of waiting and went away, um, that number dropped. So all these, all my potential traffic was coming through. They weren't clicking away. It was a huge, uh, uh, just yeah. huge. And, and just quickly, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but, but where that might have be having an indirect, uh, a more indirect effect on ranking is not so much Google saying like, oh, this is a slow site, so we're going to rank it lower, but... Um, there is some evidence out there that Google looks at uh, people who consistently from a site uh, seesaw. They come back to the search results. They, they go to your site, they come back very quickly, and they click on a different result. Uh, now, that doesn't always mean something bad, uh, but if it's happening consistently and happening all the time, that could be a signal to Google that something's you know, wrong about your page and what, you know, what could be wrong just because that's too slow. Um. Okay, so next myth. I'm not sure, Mark, if you know anything about this. Let me know if you do. Adding authorship to my blog will <laughs> increase my author rank, and I will rank better in Google search. So is that true, or is that a myth, that if I slap on authorship, my author rank will increase, and then I will rank number one for all my Google searches? Okay, well, let's say I'm lost out in a desert somewhere, okay? And you know, that's... I, Inside joke, I you know I threatened I was going to do that to Randy. Randy has a great story about that that we don't have time for tonight. But you need to follow Randy's content online. See what he is doing with his Salton Sea Walk. It is amazing. The man is having incredible adventures. You need to follow him and find out about that. But yeah, no. As far as this is this is concerned, uh, no, yeah, Randy. This is a softball question for me because you know Randy knows that uh, Google authorship and author authority is something that I watch very intensely. I study very intensely. And uh, the short answer is, uh, I do not believe that authorship is being used as a direct ranking factor in search at all. We have no evidence of that. We have no, uh, certainly nothing from Google saying that they're doing that. The indications from Google statements has been, this is a long-term project. It's something we're, you know, we're working toward uh, in the future. I think it's something they want to do. But without getting, you know, too detailed here, the whole idea of establishing who really is an authority is uh, in a given topic is a lot more complicated than people think that it is. Google's working on it, they're after it, but they're not there yet. Uh, and I think authorship has a lot of other benefits to offer, but um, don't do something like that thinking it's going to be a magic bullet for ranking. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that's actually right now, or maybe for the last year or two, has probably been one of the biggest myths that I've heard or that I've seen discussed is that you know you have to have authorship because you have you know and it will I've seen it actually in SEO experts or just blogging experts blogs that yeah. you have to go put on your authorship so that you will rank better and it will increase increase your SEO by adding authorship so I think that's important I, I, I agree with Mark I think yeah, it's a good thing to do I don't dissuade people from putting on authorship right. for a couple of reasons you know even even now as most people are probably aware that Google has removed for now the author photos from search, which was the big attraction for a lot of people, but you can still get the byline. Um, 
people do look at those. It, another myth here that, that wasn't on our list for tonight, but uh, well, it's not really a blogging myth, but, but a searching, search ranking myth is that everybody always clicks on the top result. Now, it's certainly true in most cases that the majority of people will click on one of the top results. But in a, far, in a, in a large number of cases, people don't do that. They look at the top result and for whatever reason, the title of it, whatever, it doesn't look to them exactly like that's not quite answering my question. And so they begin looking down the page. And what are other things they look at? Well, they do look at those descriptions underneath. That's the next thing that I look at. So is there something in there that tells me, like, oh, this site's going to answer my question? That's where they're going to see that byline now. And even if they don't think it um, consciously, to me that says, like, oh, this was written by a real person. Um, the, the second thing I'll say about it is Google authorship is still live and well, and if you connect to it, that means Google is tracking your content. They can see what you're doing. They can see how people respond to it, how people like it, what it gets linked to it, etc. And remember what I said in the beginning, this is a long-term project for them. They are looking over the next number of years to develop ways to say, like, who really stands out in any given subject area? And if you're connected to that and you're doing good work and you're building a reputation and you're getting traffic and you're getting links and you're getting social shares, you're, like, being connected to authorship, you're giving Google that data that if something like author rank does come into play in the future, you may be ahead of the game if you've built that history. Okay, so Mark, I have two things for you really quick. Okay. Number one is um, bloggers have been told when we're guest posting to really fight hard for whoever we're guest posting for to get that authorship if they don't have it in installed. So where kind of do we stand on that one? And then somebody, this is kind of going a little bit off derailing us for a minute, but we have a question from the audience about authorship rankings in LinkedIn searches. So I don't know if you can spend like a minute or two on those. Yeah, I can, that, that one I do quickly. Let me do the first one. Um, I, I used to say, I really used to say this, I used to say like it was a make it or break it for me. Um, mm -hmm. where I said like they had to have authorship enabled or ena allow me to enable authorship to write in a site. Uh, I don't say that anymore. Um, now, all the sites that I write for don't have a problem with it, but, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be a make it or break it. But um, I think it's worth pursuing for the reasons I just said before. You know, I want, I want Google to know. I'm proud of my content. I'm proud mm -hmm. of my, my blogging. I want them to know about it. And if they're tracking that data and it might mean something someday, then I want them to have that. But I don't, I don't think it's good to be obsessive about it. I don't think it's good. I don't, that's, if there's any message that I'm putting across tonight, I hope it's that don't get so obsessed with any one thing you've heard or any one trick or any one SEO tip that it knocks everything else out of your head and you forget what you're really there for and forget what your users are there for. On the LinkedIn thing, um, I know the last I heard LinkedIn was trying to get a way to get authorship hooked up for their new publisher feature where you can, you know, you get the privilege of actually writing a blog post on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I honestly haven't checked in a couple weeks. I don't know if that's activated yet, uh, but it, I know it's something that they were working on. Cool. Thank you. All right. Um, another uh, SEO myth, uh, or is it? You can't do SEO yourself. You have to hire a professional because the professionals know all of the inside secrets that little guys like me and Nicole don't know. I'll let you answer that first, Mark. Okay. No, you do not have to hire a professional. You don't have to. Um, it's like any other decision in your business. You don't have to hire somebody to design your website. You know, you can do it yourself. 
if you feel confident in doing that, if you feel like you can do a good job at it, if you feel like you're willing to invest the time to learn about what makes good web design, what makes good user conversions, you know, for different design sites, that kind of thing. If you want to learn that or you think you know it, you know, knock yourself out. The same thing with, with SEO. And when we talk about SEO, we're talking about a lot of different aspects. There's, there's the on-site or technical stuff. Um, most of that for a, for a small site, for your typical average blogger, um, you can learn if you want to invest the time. Uh, there are things that you should do. Um, they're not absolutely critical, but there are just things that you can do that make it easier for search engines to crawl your site, to index it, to know what's on it, to know what it's about. Um, and those things aren't incredibly technical in, in most cases. If you want to invest the time, you can learn to do them. Uh, beyond that, I think it, it comes to a matter of your goals. At a certain point, if you're in a highly competitive space where what you're trying to rank for, and if you think that ranking on search engines is important to your business, your business model, then it might be time to think about getting some, getting some professional advice or professional help. Um, but you know, my basic answer is, uh, you know, no. I mean, you can, you know, you can paint your own house, or you can hire somebody to paint it. It's what you want to spend your time doing. Yeah, and I would just say, whether you do it yourself or you hire someone, just like going to the doctor, just like any other thing that you hire someone or choose to do yourself, do your research so that you know what you're either hiring or doing. Don't well, just... Don't, don't, don't just go oh. find something. Sorry, that, that brings that kind of segues right into the next one. Actually, I'm skipping one. but um, So the next uh, myth or question is uh, if, I, if I do choose to hire an SEO company, the guy in some foreign country that only charges me $29 is just as good as the guy in Boston or North Carolina that charges hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So do you get what you pay for in SEO? Uh, yes. That's a quali the qualified yes. Just because it, it's, it's I'm probably more confident on saying like if you go for the bargain basement, you know, hiring, hiring the guy over in, uh, overseas is going to yell, oh yeah, yeah, I'll get you, uh, you know, get, get you a thousand <laughs> links for, you know, $29.95. Um, you are going to get what you pay for in that you're going to get, uh, it can't be done at that scale, at that kind of price. It can be done at scale, but what you're going to get is a, a lot of crappy work, uh, a lot of bad links, which, you know, these days can really get your site in trouble. Uh, so, you know, I would be aware of that. On the other side of the scale, just because somebody's charging a lot, it's like in anything in, in this world, doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're going to be all that great either. Um, so, it, it's a tough world. I know this because it's like in a lot. It's like I compare it to you know auto mechanics. You know we all know we're going to need sooner or later to go to an auto mechanic, and you don't know. You know the guy takes his car in the back and he comes out and says like, "Oh man, your your Framus widget is totally shot. That's going to be at least twenty five hundred dollars." And you know you you look at it, you jiggle it, you don't know. You know does it work? Does it work? How do I know? So, um, you know I don't know what to tell people other than. You know, like like Nicole said earlier, do your research. Ask other people. You know, probably the, one of the best things you can do if you feel you need professional help, uh, and especially if your site's gotten in some trouble, um, you know, especially with the search engines, then ask for recommendations. Ask other people that have been through the same thing, and you know, work with somebody that they would recommend. Yep, 
I agree. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people get burned. So, um, yeah. so do your research and uh, get, your, get your recommendations. Okay, so still on the uh, SEO myths. Um, this one is that uh, you must do all of the S SEO stuff that the experts talk about on the on the internet or your blog will fail. I think maybe we've answered that already. So yeah. do you have to do all of that stuff that you see just like constant fire hose of people talking and making noise that you got to do all these things and if you don't do them will your blog fail in the in the Google rankings? No, and, and absolutely not. And, and in fact, that can be very detrimental. It, it does relate to what I said earlier about people getting obsessed with something, mm -hmm. you know, with any one thing to the detriment of other things. We, uh, Eric Enga uh, of Stone Temple Consulting, my boss, did an interview last year or earlier this year with Dwayne Forrester, who is uh, the product manager for Bing Search and just a really great guy, very, very forthcoming. And it was a great interview because, you know, he talked about what, you know, what should be your priorities in, in SEO and he actually put technical SEO, the th some things we were talking about earlier about you know getting your title tags right and you know all, the, all those kind of things on your, on your site he put that as the last thing below things like you know concentrating on having a great site uh, that's a good, good easy to use user experience um, that you know that loads well and the things we talked about earlier having really valuable content for your, your users that's going to answer the questions that they have and and, and make them feel happy with being on your site. Uh, building an audience out there, you know, building a fan base. Around. All those things come before that. Because not that he was saying that some of those SEO things can't be important, but if you get so obsessed with them that you're not doing those other things, then those SEO things are not going to do you any good. As I often say, there has to be some there there. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, and even then, even when you get to that stage where you, you know, you're, you're ready, you got some time, and you're investing some and doing some of the basic SEO things you should do, you don't need to do everything. Um, you know, there's a certain point where there's a, there's a diminishing returns, um, where you could spend hours and hours and hours you know, tweaking these little things that are only going to make maybe a tiny bit of difference, if anything, especially, again, if you're not like a you know, huge site getting hundreds of thousands of visits a month. Right. Um, I would say that's a great answer. All right. I think we're about out of time, Nicole. <laughs> we are. And I was just wondering how far Randy was going to take go take us down the SEO rabbit hole because it is rabbit trail. It is so fun to oh, talk to Mark about all this. I know we could talk about this for a really, really long time, and I had to restrain myself not to ask uh, a whole bunch of amateur questions while you guys were talking. Um, but thank you very much to everyone for joining us this week, and thank you, Mark, for joining us. We are so happy that you were able to make it and rearrange for, Rob, uh, for Randy's big interview last week. Um, but thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye now. That's a wrap for today's episode of the Eat Sleep Blog Repeat Podcast. If you have questions about today's topic, call in. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, did you know we're on Twitter? If you're on Twitter, we'd love to connect with you. You can find us there at ncblognet. We can't wait to chat with you. Talk to you soon.